there, I'm Andrea Koppel, and it's time for coffee, the podcast where you get to hear firsthand what the jobs and careers that interest you the most are really like. Hey there, Java junkies. Welcome back to another episode of T4C. If you're interested in computer science, programming, game development, robotics engineering, or if working with kids in a summer camp or in a business built around kids is what lights you up, then this is the episode for you. Because my next guest co-founded the world's number one tech camp for kids and teens, and his company has been voted a top workplace by the Bay Area News Group five years in a row. But before I introduce you to Pete Ingram Couchy, I want to make sure you've signed up for the Java Junkies Journal. That's Time for Coffee's weekly newsletter that comes out on Mondays and gives you an exclusive one-stop shop way to learn about the episodes and the professionals we're going to be featuring that week. Just head over to the Time for Coffee website at time, the number four, coffee.org, and the sign-up box is right there on the homepage. Now, my technology-loving listeners, please grab your mug and take a chug of your favorite caffeinated brew, because it's time for another caffeinated career conversation. And my wonderful next guest is Pete Ingram Couchy, who describes himself as a CEO of the people, by the people, and for the people at ID Tech, the world's number one camp for kids and teens. Pete also describes his job responsibilities as creating the conditions for people to be creative, inspired, successful, and fearless to unlock the potential of ID Tech employees, summer staff, and students. ID Tech is expanding into new markets and creating vibrant new products to engage and teach the next generation of computer scientists, programmers, game developers, robotics engineers, filmmakers, all of whom are the innovators of tomorrow. ID Tech is comprised of six key product lines focused on STEM, that's science, technology, engineering, and math, and they include ID Tech Camps, ID Tech Mini, ID Programming Academy, ID Game Design and Development Academy, Alexa Cafe, that's the all-girl tech camp, and Tech Rocket, an e-learning platform. Pete, welcome to Time for Coffee. I almost said, welcome to ID Tech. Are you caffeinated and ready to go? Ready to go, Andrea. Thank My you God, so much. No, absolutely. I was like totally immersed in the <laughs> ID Tech mindset. I want you to know, I don't know if any of your colleagues shared this with you, but I am such a huge fan of ID Tech Camp. And I am so excited to have the opportunity to interview you because my now 16-year-old son has been going to ID Tech Summer Camp for at least the last five years and absolutely loved it. Loved it. He can't get enough of it. And while he definitely enjoyed the coding and the game design and the 3D printing do you know what his favorite part of the camp experience was, Pete? You'd have to tell me because I wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> it was your camp counselors. Right. The teachers. I'm, I'm not surprised by that. That's our secret weapon. We call them our tech rock stars. Well, honest to God, the atmosphere that they create 
in, I'm using air quotes here, in the classroom is so special. And the way that they treat their students, like my son Aiden, is so empowering and warm and friendly. He is just so in love with ID Tech. And most of your counselors are college students or recent graduates, right? They're Most of them are either themselves late teens or in their 20s. Yeah. So, I mean, our, our summer staff are the comp sci majors from Carnegie Mellon or, you know, film majors from UCLA. We're always scouring the top universities for the very, very best and elite talent that can, you know, deliver our courses. And, and you said this kind of non-traditional classroom settings. So there's music going on in the labs. And I'm sure your son found that music. There's no grades. It's just kind of going back to the basics of creating an environment where the kids can just love learning without fear. Yeah, definitely. For our young listeners, Pete, who are actually right in that age demo of the young people that you hire to be teachers at ID Tech, what are the qualities that you're looking for in those camp counselors that you recruit for ID Tech camps? Well, we are a technology camp, so we certainly are looking for a tech-savvy skill set, but that's kind of assumed. We assume that if you're studying computer science that you know, you can probably teach Java and you need to know how to. But beyond that, it's just because you're technical doesn't necessarily mean that you'll be a great teacher. So some of the skills that we're looking for, are, you know, obviously, the personality, the grit, patience, professionalism, ability to communicate, and probably more than anything, because of your own students experience is the ability to make the whole experience just a heck of a lot of fun. And it's not easy. We have a refrain that we say in the summer that it's the best job ever. And it's also probably one of the most challenging jobs that anybody will ever have teaching kids and teaching kids technology and building out the skill sets and the confidence to move on to the next thing. It's really hard, but it's so rewarding. Well, and as you said in our Espresso Shots interview, and please check out show notes to see if Pete's Espresso Shots episode has already dropped. But you said, Pete, if you can teach it, then you can really master it. Absolutely. It's not just that you're showing up for a job. It's that you're also acquiring more and more advanced skills. I mean, there are new features and new problems that you're solving every day working for us because you're in that environment all day, every day. And it's incredible, not just how much the kids learn, but actually how much leveling up of both the technical and soft skills of our summer staff as well. Fantastic. And if any of our young listeners who are in the STEM field want to apply for an ID Tech summer slot, I think it's open. Application season is open until May. Is that right, Pete? Right. Definitely want to get your application in as soon as possible. We've, I think we've already hired about, you know, seven or 800 people so far for the summer. So we're in the peak hiring season right now as we speak. And you would just go to www.idtech.com 
and go to the bottom of the page and to jobs and careers and fill out an application. You can do it from your phone. Wonderful. And because I don't yet know exactly when this episode is going to drop, I want to make sure our listeners know we are recording this in the middle of February. So, and they hire about 2,000 positions for the summer. So, I want to talk with you a bit more about your current role at ID Tech. And you are the CEO. And you've described yourself, as I said in the introduction, as a CEO for the people, of the people, by the people, or something along those lines. Why do you describe your role that way? What does that mean in practice? Servant leadership, to me, that kind of characterizes the way that I view my role, that if I create the conditions where people can do their absolute best, then we get something that we call discretionary effort. So it's people just go above and beyond. So my job is to remove blockers for people. My job is to create the conditions where people can absolutely thrive. And when I say people, I mean our summer staff. I mean our year-round employees. I mean our students out of camp the whole ecosystem. I'm there to serve them. And the day that I forget that is the day that I should should be kicked out of the company. I've already done a sort of cursory overview of ID Tech, but maybe it would be helpful for our listeners to hear more about what ID Tech is today. I've mentioned the various products, the various courses that you offer, but I haven't mentioned the online teaching you do, the fact that you are international, not just a US-based firm. But could you give us that overview? Sure. So every year, we teach over 50,000 kids across you know, kids coming from over 70 countries. And our camps are located in at top universities, so at about 200 of the best universities on the planet. We started just here in Silicon Valley with a couple locations, Santa Clara University, Stanford University. And then we expanded and now we hold camps in Cambridge on the MIT campus. So we hold camps in the UK at Imperial College London and then out in Asia in Singapore and Hong Kong and Korea and Taiwan, and we'll be moving into Japan in 2021. So technology is for everybody. We never said that it was just for you know students in California and Silicon Valley or students in the US or students in the US and Europe. It's for everybody. And we need to meet the students where they are. So we're taking our programs closer to where they live globally. And then we also have our online feature, which is you know students... Also, not everybody can come to a summer camp and not everybody has the opportunity to say learn in the summer. So we have year-round learning that happens online with our instructors as well. Terrific. So what would you say are your main job responsibilities as CEO? And could you take us into a typical day or a typical week for you on the job as Chief Executive Officer of ID Tech? Wow. It's broad. I do a little bit of everything. I check in with my customer service reps to see how parents are behaving and thinking and are parents happy and are there things that they're unhappy with, then we need to solve them. I check in with our engineering group to make sure that all of the applications that we're building are working effectively and and on time and those that aren't, how are we going to overcome them? 
We're checking to make sure that we're thinking ahead the next one year, two years, three years, five years. So are we thinking both because we can get caught up in our short-term day-to-day, but what about the long-term business? What's our strategy for continuing to reach out to as many kids as possible? As we become a more mature company, something that we're really excited about is making sure that kids from underrepresented communities can attend and learn technology the same way that our paying clients can. And that's a new segment of our business. And that's part of our social impact initiative. So we get to reach out to new populations all the time. And that's a really fun part of my job that the landscape is constantly changing every single day. I was just going to say, and you offer scholarships for we do. underserved students. Yeah, we, you know, years ago, we noted a few things. First of all, girls were we're not coming at the same rate as boys to our programs. So let me explain that. So we have this really great story that I tell quite a bit. So six years ago, Susan Wojcicki, she's the CEO of YouTube. I mean, all of our kids know what YouTube is. And she was one of the first employees actually at Google. And then Google acquired YouTube, spun it off, and they moved her to go run YouTube. So she is quite familiar with ID Tech. And one of the things that she noticed, though, is that there are a lot more boys coming to our camps than girls. So she actually texted me. I went into her office with my sister, Alexa. And she said, here's the thing. Only 14% of undergrads who are studying computer science are female. So let me like repeat that. Only 14% of undergrads who are studying computer science are female. So she said, what's the rate at your camps? And we said, guess what? It's 14%. So she was actually quite early on this saying, the pipeline is not getting bigger. It's staying the same. So we need to do something about that. So three months later, we actually launched an all-girls program named after my sister called Alexa Cafe. And I'm really happy to report that about a quarter of our total camper population is now female. So we have a lot of work to do. But last year, we trained up over 12,000 girls at one of our ID Tech programs. So that was really fantastic. And the numbers are growing every single year. And then beyond that, yeah, we absolutely were looking at communities that just don't have access to technology and finding ways to bring them either into our camps or teach them online with partnerships with major companies. And we, we have the energy and the will to do this. We have to be the change and we have to impact change. And the status quo is not good enough. And we recognize that. So, and it's got to start early with kids. So we have a, a lot of initiatives going on right now, but they all come back to getting as many kids interested and trained up in technology as possible. Fantastic. And I just have one footnote to that great story that you just told, Pete. Susan Wojcicki, I hope I'm pronouncing her name correctly. <laughs> you got it. You got okay. it right. Was actually a liberal arts major in school. She studied history and literature at Harvard and graduated with honors and then discovered her interest in technology. So for our liberal arts listeners out there, don't shut down that possibility that you could end up getting into the tech industry. Or maybe even running one of the the largest tech companies on the planet, (laughs) right? Exactly. Exactly. Are you talking about Amazon? Well, YouTube. YouTube. Um, Oh, okay. Sorry. I thought you were making an allusion to Jeff Bezos. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, no, Susan's just at the helm of YouTube, and it's quite a large company at this point. It's got a huge footprint. Wonderful. Well, speaking of a huge footprint, 
In a recent blog post on your website, you celebrated ID Tech's 21st year in existence. Congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Amazing. And you talk about how your family pioneered what was, in effect, the very first tech camp for kids and teens. And in those early days, I guess it was like late 80s, was it your mom and sister, you mentioned Alexa, who conceived of this idea? Yeah. So my mother and my sister, they started ID Tech Camps back in 1999. Oh, 99. Oh, my God. I'm so bad with math. There you go. (laughs) No, I mean, the story was great because my dad was a high school principal. My mom had run after school programs for kids. And so we had kind of education in our blood and in our DNA. But we then, my dad said, what's all this computer stuff? Everybody's talking about all this computer stuff, but nobody knows how to teach it. Nobody knows how to, like, what's going on? So we got together with some relatively tech savvy teachers at that time, we launched the first tech camp at Santa Clara University here in Silicon Valley. And 270 kids came to our program the first year. And it was enough for us to be inspired and say, hey, maybe the following year we could bring in a thousand kids. And kind of the rest is history, but our roots go back to 99. You also talk on the website in various places about the fact that Your family launched ID Tech with no investment capital, getting no salaries, working seven days a week, and your sister won the first business plan competition that was held at the University of Washington Business School, where she was a student, which helped her get the seed money to start ID Tech. Yeah, this is all true. This goes back way back when, but... She won $10,000 and we talk a little bit more about the pain that ensued because when you're 26, 27, I moved back in with my parents. I was literally making no money for the first two years. We were, we had, forget about that, shoestring budgets. We had no budgets. All we really had was belief. And this actually goes back to a bigger theme. So ID Tech Camps, the I and the D in ID Tech Camps... Those actually stand for internal drive. And the internal drive is really what we had. And that's what we try to instill in all of our students and all of our summer staff is that will and that motivation to keep going no matter what obstacles are in your way. The people that are most tenacious and believe the most are ultimately going to be the people that overcome and lead us. I think that all of these themes, like as I'm thinking about them, replaying them in my head, all the obstacles that we had to overcome, there were many times that I wanted to quit and give up. And I was looking at my friends who were getting these, you know, really great jobs in Silicon Valley. And I was the one who was like moving back in with mom and dad, but I believed. And then 20 years later, I look back and I'm just so blessed that I made those decisions. So I am going to ask you in a couple of minutes to share a time when you really struggled. But first, (laughs) I'd like to flashback very quickly, Pete, to when you were in college. You also went to the University of Washington, just like Alexa, and you got your Bachelor's of Business Administration. And was it with a focus on international business? Yeah. So I focus on international business and finance. Okay. Did you know what you were going to do with that degree when you graduated? 
okay, so if you think for one second that I would have thought that I would be running the world's largest summer tech camp for kids 20 years ago, it's crazy to think of. I don't even think tech camps didn't even exist when I was going to college. That wasn't even a thing. I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I know that so many so many college-age students or even high school students, they have those fears of because I had those exact same fears. What am I going to do? What I did is I did exactly what I should do. You know what? I For international business, I love travel. Actually, after college, I went straight back to Spain where I had studied the previous year and I just taught English. And I didn't get caught up in the massive pressure of coming straight out of college and getting that perfect job. I just kind of pursued my passions and I wanted to go back to Spain, more or less perfect my Spanish. And then I knew I would come back and I would work for a big company and get some experience. And that's what I did. I worked for a big company here in Silicon Valley for a couple of years called AC Nielsen before we launched ID Tech. But it's just a great lesson. It all works out okay. It really does. And I just to be clear, I had no idea, absolutely no idea what I wanted to do, even in college. Well, me neither. <laughs> and, and what I've landed on as a way to think about a college major is that rather than thinking of it as the tiny house that you're going to be forced to live in for the rest of your professional life. Think of it as the foundation of a professional skyscraper that you're going to be building over the course of your professional life with each new job and each new career, adding another floor in that skyscraper. What a great analogy. Well done. Well done. (laughs) Thank you so much. Okay. So now (laughs) let us pivot into one of the questions that I try to ask all T4C guests, Pete, and that is to share a time in their professional lives when they really struggled. And many of us have experienced failures. In my case, I was fired twice in my 40s. And, you know, it happens at various points in our careers. And as a result, People like me who have failed have learned the importance of building grit and resilience. So could you share a story from your wonderful 25-year career when you struggled or failed, and more importantly, Pete, how you persevered and perhaps a lesson that you learned in the process? Yeah, so this gets pretty personal for me. So it's year two of ID Tech. We had launched ID Tech, but again, we really didn't have any money, certainly no investment capital. I was still living with my parents. And I was actually had met somebody and she's from Argentina. Her name's Natalia. And now she's obviously my wife. But I still remember the conversation, which was with her, I said, it's so hard. I have no money. I wake up every day. I mean, you're working. I'm answering customer service calls at two in the morning driving brochures around from school to school, literally in the back of my car to get the word out. And through exhaustion, just pure exhaustion, I told her I was going to quit. I'm not going to do this anymore. And my wife still, she believed in the concept. And I think that ultimately, I just needed that little bit of extra nudge, if you will. And she said, just give it one more year. Give it one more year and see what happens. So the translation is just give that little bit of extra effort. Give something 
give that blossom just a little bit more time and maybe it can turn into something. And looking back, it was probably the most pivotal conversation that I've had in the past 20 years because in that moment of vulnerability and that moment of unease, you start losing belief. I had that network. I had that person who said, give it just give it one more shot. And I think this is so applicable to almost anything in life. Roll up your sleeves, try just a little bit harder and see what happens. After she said that, the business started picking up little by little. It wasn't quick. It wasn't meteoric. It was just slow, a slow build. But here we are, you know, over 20 years later. And I'm so thankful that she took the time and that she actually cared enough and believed enough. So this is kind of a neat story. Oh, thank you so much for sharing that. And I think it is very representative of what we've heard over and over again. If there are any fans of how I built it, Guy Raz, his wonderful, wonderful podcast of entrepreneurs, what those who've made it, those who've kind of gotten over the hump have all struggled and they could have quit. Right. But they didn't. Right. So congratulations. That, that, is, um, <laughs> that is a common thread. And I have met, I mean, here in the Valley too, right? I mean, there are, everybody sees failing as a badge of honor. And it's almost like if you haven't failed at one or two or three things, then you haven't been put through your paces. And in a way, you're not even legitimate. So I think that it's also part of this Silicon Valley lure. It's not because... Well, it's not that the people are necessarily any different, but it's just the mindset that we've adopted that failing is absolutely okay. And essential. Um, it's That's how you learn. So those words that you just said like really resonate with me. And I think that that's the ability to keep going through any conditions. It's hard, but it can be done. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. Final T for C question, Pete. If yes. you could go back to the University of Washington and do it all over again, but based on the immense wisdom you have now, what advice would you give yourself? I've thought about this. Well, first of all, everything turned out okay, but which is great. The things that did influence me that I wouldn't do differently is I took a couple entrepreneurship classes, which changed my view on everything. So those were fantastic. Some of the classes that you don't necessarily connect with your future, you might actually learn the most from. So I would take as diverse a set of classes as I possibly could, even more diverse than I could, geology, history, art. If you have the opportunity to travel abroad or go volunteer or take that gap year, what that does is it unlocks a different part of your brain. It unlocks a different level of creativity. And then you overlay that with some of the classes. If you want to be an accountant, study accounting, or you know you want to go in a comp sci, of course, take your comp sci classes and programming classes, whatnot. But take a vast array to just really get a better understanding of the world. And to so get to learn about people who have less than you or live in a very different way. It's all perspective and it's all learning. So what this does, I mean, for me, it just all ties back to this concept of just get a really broad 
education. And, you know, if you're going to go into the STEM field, as an example, of course, you'll need your comp sci classes. And that goes without saying, if you're going to be a mechanical engineer, you'll need the appropriate classes. But if you have the opportunity to take a geology class or an art history class, it just will really, I think, open up your perspective and you'll be able to tap those experiences down the road. A hundred percent. And as someone who studied Mandarin as an undergrad, I can second what Pete said. And also as somebody who loves to travel and learn about other countries and cultures, it is a golden key that unlocks so much, not just like learning Java coding or, or any of these other computer languages, but learning foreign languages is the gift that keeps on giving. A hundred percent. Pete, I want to thank you so much for making Time for Coffee today with me and the Time for Coffee community. What you're doing is so important. And I can speak very personally and say it has had such a wonderful effect and influence on my own son's life. And I know you have touched the lives of thousands upon thousands, not only of teenagers, but also the young people who work at ID Tech. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me on. And thank you for sharing those words about your son, because they mean, they mean a lot, right? It's one experience at a time. And, you know, hopefully we just leave this planet a little bit better than it was 20 years ago. So, you know, that's our goal. And these are the kids, the college students, the young professionals and our own students at ID Tech. You're the future. So we should invest in them. Thanks so much for listening to Time for Coffee, where the professionals in the jobs that most interest you always have time to grab coffee 24-7, no matter where you live. I have one quick favor to ask you. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to Time for Coffee. Thanks so much.